here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.1 FM in Bombela. Thank you so much for staying with us. Now, I celebrated when I got a press release. As you know, you know, there's a lot going on. Almost every day, if not second day now, we hear something from the World Health Organization, which I think has been fantastic in communicating their strategies. One, One of the things that has come up very recently, just wanted to highlight it to you, is the World Health Organization acknowledging, um, and just the wording is very important here, acknowledging that the responsibility of finding a solution, whatever the solution is, okay, whether it's a vaccine, whether it is treatment, whatever the solution is, is in all of us, us, I mean, countries, stakeholders, everybody, digging into their own resources and maybe pulling together to share. And it's not about one person with the money saying, I've got the vaccine, blah, blah, blah. And what they also highlighted was the acknowledgement of other systems that exist that could be part of the solution. For me, that was just absolutely fantastic to hear. And in fact, specifically also mentioning Africa and saying Africans and and I think other indigenous um, people as well, you within you traditionally have always had systems that have been of assistance for generations, centuries and so on. We're not at all saying you have all the answers, but what they are saying is that perhaps look into your indigenous Uh, systems. Perhaps look into whatever it is that you have. Who knows where the answers lie? At this point, it's important that every single one of us explores at least the possibility that maybe the answers lie anywhere without discrimination. I thought that was for me profound and I wanted to have this conversation. So I've got two guests, one from the Department of Health and another guest is also a director of Indigenous Knowledge-Based Technology Innovation at the Department of Science and Innovation. Okay, and his name is Dr. Ang Shabalala. He's uh, available at the moment, so we'll get to health a little bit later on. But first of all, let me just welcome you to the show, Dr. Shabalala, and thank you so much for making the time. When I saw that press release, I wanted to jump up. Uh, I was really so happy I don't know how your reaction was when you saw that. Uh, good, good afternoon to you and to the listeners. Mm. Um, well, I was I was happy that at least the the World Health Organization uh, is communicating. At least, um, uh, however, deep in my heart, I was saying that it's a, it's a little bit too late. Mm-hmm. I feel that they should have um, uh, put out a statement. Mm early on, uh, not because a number of countries are actually saying, look, we can't wait for the West to, di- to di- dictate to us as to what uh, is it that we need to use, whereas we know very well that some of our countries may not uh, be able to afford some of these medications that may come from the West, mm. uh, whilst we have um, our own indigenous knowledge whilst we have rich biodiversity, uh, but also um, most of the African
African countries are saying that we have got the, the scientific and innovation know-how mm-hmm. to use both our knowledge and our biodiversity uh, to come up with the with the with the various remedies. Mm. Whether whether it is a cure, whether it's just therapies yes. that may act as prophylaxis or preventive medicine, yes. whether it's medicines that we or or or, or, or therapies that we may use uh, for strengthening our immune systems, including uh, food supplementation, mm-hmm. because all these things are very very important in actually strengthening our body against any infection. Dr. Shabalala, help me out here because this is not so much about COVID-19. We celebrate this and COVID-19 has highlighted this. But help me with where fundamentally the problem is, okay? Because ordinarily what would happen, and this is where we have a problem with our own uh, medicines, uh, traditional medicines, is that the argument has always been we do not have enough data to qualify something as a cure for argument's sake. I'm I'm making it very simplistic, but that's the argument, okay? We haven't collected enough data to qualify something and call it a cure or a remedy or whatever until we're able to standardize the testing and all of that stuff and then give data and then give testing and all of that. Then at that point, we will be able to say, yes, umthonyana lingana works or it doesn't work. So here's my question. It's quite clear that pharmaceutical companies, which ordinarily do that for themselves, are not going to do that or have not done that. Okay, how do we then protect our own indigenous, whether it is a plant with properties that assist a pharmaceutical company to reach a vaccine X? Okay, because it could be just one element, not just the plant, but there is an abstraction of something in an indigenous plant that we have that may assist them come up with solution X. How do we become part of an ecosystem that benefits from that? Um, well, your, your, your question is where, where is the problem? Mm. Um, and I won't only talk to the challenges that we're facing as South Africa, but I would say these are the challenges that the entire African continent faces. Yes. The the root of the problem of course lies in 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 colonialism uh, uh, and colonial um, systems of innovation uh, colonial health systems uh, and colonial uh, systems of education mm-hmm. so so we we haven't really freed ourselves from those um, uh, mm. systems mm. Um, now the 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 maybe the world health organization for example the world health organization has african mm. uh, re- various regions mm. so we have the african region the afro regional office mm. um uh, of the world health organization now we were we were part of the development of the guidelines and we ratified the guidelines um for the evaluation of african medicines whether it's for clinical trials whether it's for registration of these medicines mm-hmm. for them to be used in mm-hmm. any health facility mm-hmm. or for people to use um for personal use mm-hmm. the challenge then becomes that we we have um challenges with political will mm-hmm. that's one but also 
in South Africa, we have a one dominant health system. Uh, as I said in a conversation with you uh, in, in the other interview, mm-hmm. uh, African medicines are not regulated in this country. Yet other traditional medicines from foreign countries mm. are regulated. Um, uh, COVID uh, is actually helping us uh, realize this, or maybe it's helping us move faster so that we have committees of experts who are knowledgeable together with healers, knowledgeable healers, experienced elders, uh, to be part of these committees so that we set up the criteria for evaluating African medicines uh, for clinical uh, for clinical research. For example, you're talking about there isn't enough data. No, there is enough uh, uh, knowledge. Okay. There are guidelines. Yes. Everybody, everyone knows that there are WHO standards yes. that we ratified, that we participated in. Personally, I actually contributed in some of the meetings. Okay. So, so, so it's very, very simple. All we need is just political will. We just need to be supported. Um, uh, if our scientists are well supported in terms of research mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, budge- budgets, yes. uh, infrastructure, and then we bring in these experts. If we don't have those experts, experts are, are available elsewhere in the world, like for example, China, mm-hmm. Korea, India. India yeah. these, these are the countries that are way advanced in terms of the the. Uh, research in traditional medicines and their utilization. Mm. I mean, these countries have universities where you go Mm. and study Mm. and become a clinical doctor Mm. in using your own traditional medicines. Mm. They also have hospitals at all levels of care, from Mm. primary health care up to tertiary uh, uh, care. So so data is not a problem because data is generated from research. Mm. We have the capacity in this country to do good research in African medicine. I'll take your calls 0891-104-207. This is a conversation I'd love you to be a part of. Your contributions and your thoughts on what the WHO has said and when they were saying to us, look within. Maybe in there lies the answers. I would love to hear from you. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in Bloemfontein. Thank you so much for staying with us. I'm in conversation with Dr. Ank Shabalala, who's a director of Indigenous Knowledge Based Technology Innovation at the Department of Science and Innovation. What I think is very ironic, Dr. Shabalala, is that you are sitting at the Department of Science and Innovation, where we expect you to be innovative and so on. And the challenges that you're raising, uh, I find they are quite ironic. And, and I'm I'm going to push you a little bit. Maybe this is going to be a little bit too political, but what's the problem? Because as you said, we've got enough examples to show us countries that have had the political will and have succeeded where acupuncture globally is accepted as methods of, 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 I wouldn't say healing, but I mean, as an alternative method, right? Globally, nobody has to, nobody questions uh, you when you say, I'm going to go to see a person to do acupuncture in South Africa. But you still hear a traditional healer who says, whenever I engage with the Department of Health, 
there's an attitude there, an underlying attitude that's dismissive. Not, not to say that I'm saying I've got the answers, but it, it would be nice to get an attitude that says to me, hmm, maybe let's test it out. But the attitude they're saying is rather dismissive. Your response to that? Well, I, I would be happy if the, the Department of Health um, themselves uh, respond to this. But however, yes, the, this, is, this has always been the outcry from the, the wisdom keepers, from the knowledge holders. Um, maybe I won't, I won't really blame the Department of Health. I'll blame us as a country mm. that um, we haven't done enough to actually um, uh, develop processes that will then uh, assist us in the interfacing of indigenous ways of healing into the mainstream. Um, what we have been doing from the Department of Science and Innovation, um, and I've said this already, that we, we, we have units that look into indigenous knowledge systems, mm. whether it's in terms of our policy and advocacy, uh, whether it's in terms of documentation and knowledge management, uh, including what I'm responsible for, which is research, development and innovation. We, we, we have worked very hard in the past 10 Ten years or so, uh, in coming up with um, with with policies and strategies, and now we even have an act in this country, which says that indigenous knowledge should be should be accepted as any knowledge in and out of itself. It doesn't need to be to be validated by any other knowledge system because it is an authority in and out of itself. So. so so there, there, there is pro- progress in that mm. in, 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 in that way. Mm. However, when it comes to medicines, um, uh, we, we, we have various institutions, you know, like the various universities and science councils who are working with the, with the, with, with the traditional health practice, practitioners. The problem is that we may do research, come up with uh, a validated, a, a scientifically um, appraised medicine. Mm-hmm. The challenge is that we still do not have uh, qualified committees inside the South African Health Product um, Regulatory Authority that are supposed to then evaluate the the clinical tri- through clinical trials um, uh, this medicine. We don't have people who can sit around and say, yes, let's pass uh, let's give permission to this group of scientists and healers for them to conduct clinical trials on this medicine. That's one. Secondly, we don't have committees that can sit around and say, after all this, yes, we agree that this medicine is safe, is efficacious, meaning that it does what the scientists say and mm. the healers say it does, and is of good quality to be used in hospitals and stuff like that. Mm. We, we, that's the main gap. And then finally, we don't even have um, uh, black-owned manufacturing companies in this country. So these are some of the things that I feel as government, uh, as wisdom keepers, um, as scientists, as healers, and also the private sector. These are some of the things that we need to look at and say, hey, there is an opportunity because it is the, the very same World Health Organization which tells us that more than 80% of Africans 
see a traditional health practitioner before they go to a clinic. In my country, we say that this industry is over four, four billion rand. It's a four billion rand industry with over 250 traditional health practitioners. Imagine if we could tap into that with all that we have. I want you to think about something and I see your calls. I'm going to take them in a short while, Ken and Kalanga, um, because my my problem with what you've just told me, which is, I mean, it's quite concerning, is therein lies the gap for us to then import what someone will call aloe vera, having taken a plant that comes from this country and we all know, uh, you know, we've grown up knowing its values and properties and something and it's packaged in a little box and it is sold to you at what, 600 rand. Whereas when you go to a Mai Mai, you do not see the value in what it took to get that specific aloe on that on the table and so your expectation of how much you're even going to pay and the value you have devalued as an african you know you just want to bargain and say no 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 10 rand no 3 rand we we ourselves have not acknowledged the value of what it is that we own in this country it's, it's maybe we shouldn't even kick ourselves in the throat and say we have been valued. It's the same story of gold. It's the same story of whatever minerals we have. Now we say our biodiversity is the green gold. Mm. Um, we, we, we are in a situation where we haven't worked hard enough to actually build our own means of production, mm. uh, to come up with systems whereby we'll, 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 we'll value add on our own knowledge and our own biodiversity and our own product in such a way that we, we, we can basically block the market. We don't have to then buy aloe vera yes, yes. from Germany, yes. which actually comes from the Eastern Cape. C- correct. Um, we don't have to buy uh, a pelagonium uh, product which is manufactured uh, in somewhere in France or in, in Italy, uh, whereas the raw materials and the knowledge of how it works comes from, comes from, KwaZulu, from KwaZulu-Natal. Do- so this is this is what we're talking about. Dr. Ank Shabalala is my guest. I'm going to continue this conversation. I'll be back with you, Ken, and I'll also be back with you, Kalinga. Keep calling 891 SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation. Thank you so much for staying with us. Let me quickly go to those calls. Kalanga, you're calling from Durban. Good afternoon. How are you? We are well. Thank you for calling. Yes, I wanted to check with uh, Dr. Shabalala as to what is uh, precluding and preventing uh, your MR- MRC, CSIR and by extension the South African government from taking the uh, COVID organic from Madagascar and do a scientific analysis to see if it has any effect when it comes to dealing with COVID-19. All right, thanks for that, Kalanga. I'll give you an opportunity to respond, Dr. Shabalala. Let me just quickly also take Ken at the same time. Ken, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, Pamela, and your guest, uh, Doc. I just want to uh, make something, well, I suppose you're probably aware of it. There is a plant which I have growing in my yard, mm. and I use it, uh, and it cures through within a day or two. Mm. 
It is a, a KwaZulu-Natal plant that has been found in the rural areas mm. and been used by the rural people for ages. Yes. And you can even uh, Google it. It's called Iboza, A-B-O-Z-A. Okay. So uh, I don't know if that's... Uh, but it could be a, a little help, I wouldn't say. Yes. But it could be something, especially you guys are talking about, yeah. uh, you know, local medicine. Dr. Shabalala yeah. knows a lot, so I think he knows what you're talking about. Thanks for that, Ken. Let me go to Silo. Silo, quickly, your quick question. Um, I think it's a com- um, Thank you, Pamela. Look, yes. I think the problem that you have in Africa as a whole mm. is a system that um, our politicians are involved in because I think they are waiting for the Europeans, mostly, to approve this medicine that you have in this country. Um, for a, for a just quick example, Sister Melo, I think you know about uh, I think Agoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 our country didn't want to continue with that um, uh, whatever business that they were doing, that kind of chickens and so forth. Then they bullied us, and we backtracked. So it is how our country system has been working systemally. We needing approval from the West every time. That's our biggest problem. Sil, thank you so much for your comment. Dr. Shavalala, I know we, we're running out of time, but I mean, you've heard all of those. I think the sentiment is the same. Your response to that? Well, yeah, I saw I saw a, um, a media um, clip from the African Union mm. where Madagascar um, was requested to share its data on the uh, medicine um, yes. with the with the African Union, and actually Africa CDC um, uh, committed to assisting them. Yes. And also, uh, uh, just before I came into this interview, I also saw some news clip where Dr. Mkize uh, is saying that we 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 are happy to assist them. Um, uh, our international office also has actually written to WHO Afro um, saying that, hey, we have been, some of our experts, some of our organization have been uh, WHO reference uh, labs for various things, including traditional medicines. So we're happy to assist any uh, African um, country to, to, to actually evaluate some of the work that they might have done. That's one. Secondly, yes, it... Um, uh, Iboza, we we actually looking at it. We our our group of scientists are actually busy at the moment looking ah, at it together, lovely. together with other um, uh, a number of herbs and preparations mm-hmm. that are known uh, and documented to be active against um, uh, SARS-CoV-1. This is the family of coronaviruses. Um, uh, yes. In this is documented yes. for cor- for other coronaviruses, yes. Yes. not this one in particular. Yes. Uh, however, at the moment, then we're using some of these herbs uh, to check for activity uh, against a COVID-19. So what we're doing is that we're looking for antivirals. Yeah. We are also looking for immune modulators yeah. against it. Um, uh, the, the last uh, speaker, yeah. uh, I, I would say... We really need leaders that are bold um, uh, on the African continent, or else we'll be tossed up and down. Sometimes uh, we we need to to say, you know, 
uh, simply to hell with it. We will do what we know is good for us. Mm. Um, this is what we need in terms of leadership or else we'll always follow other people um, and what it means that we continue to be to be slaves to their ideas, to their work, whereas we, we are able and capable of actually freeing ourselves. Uh, this is cognitive justice that we're talking yeah. about, that every knowledge should be respected. And in fact, I was going to just add to exactly what the other caller has mentioned in saying, you know, yes, we appreciate and I did hear, yes, the minister uh, say we will be supportive of Madagascar and all of that. What I think all of us are yearning for here, sitting here, is to say, where is that ownership of saying we will lead, not not we will assist, not we will check, not that we will, you know, assess, but we are not hearing the boldness that comes through that says we are confident that we possibly are sitting with the answers because we do have the technical know-how, as you've said. Yes, here and there, there may be gaps, but if we are focused enough, we could close those gaps Again, the question is, how much will do we have as a people to push that agenda? But I think it's an unfair question to you. And maybe let me rather say thank it, you. It, 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 it's not. It, yes. It's not. I mean, we, my department, um, some 10 years ago, we had what we call the 10-year innovation plan. Mm. Um, in that plan, we had a number of grand challenges. And one of the grand challenges was called farmer to farmer, meaning from the farm to the pharmacy, mm. which is now called the bioeconomy strategy. Okay. In there, we boldly declare that South Africa is going to be so far at least number number three in the world in coming up with plant-based pharmaceuticals. We, we have boldly declared, um, considering the fact that they are leaders already. So, so, so that was 10 years ago, and I think now, what we should say is that in the next 10 years, we should see ourselves as, as, as leaders, um, uh, uh, given the fact that we are number three in terms of our national biodiversity, meaning Brazil, I think, has got the most uh, uh, of, the, of the medicinal plants, followed by, I think, Indonesia just kicked China, mm-hmm. followed by Indone- Indonesia, then South Africa. But imagine if we were to unite as Africa, mm-hmm. Africa alone will be number one to number 17, considering the the magnitude of the continent and the variety of the medicines that we have on the African continent. And of course, the skills and the healers that we have. So so yes, we we need someone uh, within the African Union to say, hey, um, why don't we come up with an African pharmaceutical industry whereby we won't have to buy medicines from anybody? Everyone needs to come here to buy medicines. Dr. Ank Shabalala, thank you so much for all the food for thought. We really appreciate it. We're going to have to leave it there. I am running later. I just want to apologize to Amanda there for being late. It's three o'clock.